Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Eric Barger will begin a brand new series on how you and I can be fully equipped to disarm the powers of darkness. Did you know that right now when you give to Southwest Radio Ministries, your gift will be matched? You will double your impact and ensure that Watchmen on the Wall and all of our ministries will be able to bring clarity to the chaos for many years to come. 1-800-652-1144. That's the number to call and show your support for SWRC. You can also be part of the match by giving on our website, supportswrc.com. Thank you. Thank you for your support of Watchmen on the Wall and Southwest Radio Ministries. Friends, Scripture is clear. The spiritual battlefield is real, and the enemy is determined. But most Christians are ill-equipped and unprepared when attacked, and even fewer are on the offensive. Eric Barger is here to show every believer a battle plan for spiritual victory. Well, we're excited today here, Watchman on the Wall, Southwest Radio Church Ministries, to have somebody I can really identify with in so many ways. A very special guest, talking about Eric Barger. Eric, welcome to the program today, brother. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Glad to be with you. We share a lot in common. I had an entire background in uh, radio since I was about 12 years of age as a, a rock disc jockey and got saved out of all of that. And for the last four decades, been working in the area of the spirit world and spirit warfare. So we should go very well here together today. Oh, we, we could talk for a long time just about our experiences, I'm sure. <laughs> Give me your background with Southwest. You've been around a while with Southwest Radio Church. Yeah, I can't remember exactly when I did my first series of interviews, but they published two of my books along with David Benoit in the very beginning, one of which we're going to talk about today that I've rewritten. Been good friends with them for a long time, great fellowship, and just followed their ministry long before I was ever a friend or knew them. I was uh, following their ministry and using them as a resource. Let me ask you this, if I could, and I like to usually do this with everyone I talk to, a little bit about your uh, background. When did you become a Christian? I became a Christian kicking and screaming about 1981. When I say that in that way, I was raised going to church. And my grandparents who raised me sent me faithfully to church every Sunday morning. That doesn't mean I was a Christian. Doesn't mean that I understood what being a Christian meant. But I went to church and I became a drug addict actually in the end. But I started playing my first rock band when I was, um, was 11 years of age. First made money playing music at 11 and went on and played in all kinds of different bands and ended up uh, managing a recording studio in the Seattle area producing people who went on to win Grammy Awards, although I didn't produce the actual tracks they used. I worked with those people, and I had my sights set on making in the music business, whatever that meant. Of course, for me at that point in time, it would have just, just meant more hedonism and more ways to do it with more money. But I got married, and before we got married, we never talked to anything about religion. Turns out my wife had gone to church as a child, same as me. We had some terrific marriage problems, as a lot of marriages do, who are based on nothing but rock music. And she and I, um, well, the long story to it, and I won't give my whole testimony, but I picked a name out of the phone book of a, of a counselor. And I had no idea it was a Christian counselor, but that's, that's the name I picked. 
And that gentleman was instrumental in leading my wife to the Lord and basically walking with me through the whole thing. And I finally broke down and gave my heart to Christ in, in February of 1981. That is exciting. And I'm sure you could spend the whole 20 minutes of today's program just talking about your testimony and what God has done in your life. And that's incredible. To God be the glory. Amen. That's right. And yeah, we could spend a program or two just on that because there's so many nuances and turns in the road and things that happened along the way. But yeah, my wife and I are coming up to our 45th anniversary this year. So it lasted. It lasted. And <laughs> I'm just grateful to the Lord every day that number one, that he saved us. And number two, that he, he melted us together. That is very exciting and very glad to hear that, and I appreciate you sharing that bit. Now, where did you go then? You got saved, and so now you're in the ministry, obviously. How did we get there? You know, it wasn't long before my heart was, well, I knew what was happening inside my heart, but I didn't understand what Christian apologetics were, but that's where my heart began to beat really immediately after I got saved. I started studying, I started reading, I started just soaking in the Word, and before long, one thing led to another, and I was doing a one-night presentation about the problems in the music industry. It was something I understood, something I knew. Uh, I also was on Christian radio in the Seattle area, and here I was without any kind of education for this kind of thing, but, you know, sometimes the Lord will just use that rawness, and that's what He did with me. And he he got a hold of me and got me kind of funneled the direction he wanted me to go. And here we're experiencing our 40th year of full-time apologetics and discernment ministry. That is, that's a long time, my brother. So you're out and about now, your ministry. uh, Where do you go? You go to different churches. What's, What's your program now? Yeah, my heart has always been for, for the local church, and we've always said we would go to the out-of-the-way places, which we have done and really enjoyed and thrived there. And at the same token, I'm doing a lot of conferences these days over the last few years, and uh, thankful for that and being able to reach more people, of course, doing media and trying to do uh, a lot of video these days. I've got a couple of videos in progress right now. So you try to try to use whatever medium you can to get the message God has given you into the hearts and minds of people. You've been around though. You've uh, you've spoken in the past at Southwest radio conferences. Uh, you have co-hosted with Jan Markell, as I understand it. So you got quite a background here. Well, again, just trying to, to do what God's called me to do and the, the way we do it, the medium we're using to get the, the word out may change, but uh, the message has remained the same. It's about defending the faith, the truth against what is going on in the culture. And I don't talk a lot about music these days, but uh, at the same token, there are a lot of things out there that uh, have interested me. And wherever my heart is beating at any particular point in time, I'm trying to pick up those topics and then uh, compare what the scripture says to those things and give people answers and reasons for faith along the way. I'd be curious, since you say uh, that you don't talk about music much anymore, I'd be curious as to your thoughts about music today. When I uh, got saved in 1974, I was at a top station in Indianapolis, Indiana, and we were getting a little bizarre, I thought, in music at that time. But uh, I got to tell you, Eric, I don't understand today's music at all. Maybe you could address that. Well, I'm kind of there with you. Maybe you can help enlighten me because I feel the same way about it. The industry itself, the way the industry runs really hasn't changed a whole lot. But 
music and what's acceptable today. Of course, the envelope has been totally blown apart as far as what what the people are willing to put on air. But it's a different world as far as the way the music is produced and so on with the digital age. And I know a little of that these days. Back in the old days, it was two-inch wide, 16-track master tape. That's what I, I was used to, the analog times. But I was there when digital was just barely coming in, and there was only a couple of pieces of gear in our studio that, that was uh, digital, so to speak. And it's a different world. And just as much as analog and digital are different is the music from the 70s and 80s to what is being out there today. It seems, yeah, it just seems impossible for me to get my um, mind around some of this stuff. And I don't try to anymore. I don't uh, talk too much on that either anymore. Southwest Radio Church, SWRC.com. We're going to be talking now with uh, Brother Eric on Disarming the Powers of Darkness by Eric Barger. Call 1-800-652-1144 if you'd like more information on this. Otherwise, swrc.com. And the book is Disarming the Powers of Darkness, Fearless Conquers in Spiritual Warfare. Basically, what is this about, it's really a, a, to help guide people into personal victory. I've always said that spiritual warfare isn't necessarily dealing with the demonic directly. It's, it's all about us living in, in the place where Jesus has provided for us to live spiritually. And so it's uh, trying to divide the um, sensational and get it out of the way so we can actually see what we're supposed to be doing. And understanding that uh, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rules of darkness and so on. The book isn't really about demonology or anything like that. It's about how can we live a more victorious Christian life. That's great. Disarming the powers of darkness. How do we go about that? If you were to just capsulate some things there. I was listening the other day, and I think uh, Franklin Graham says he believes all the demons of hell have been released now at this time, and it is getting wild out there in America today. Yeah, it really is, and it's in all kinds of different areas it wasn't before. I think the, the battle we fight today is much more obvious, and yet at the same time, there are still people out there in our churches that really, you know, if you talk to them about spiritual warfare, they look at you as if you've just spoken a different language to them. They don't understand it. They don't see um, a need to understand it. A lot of people, you know, they want to concentrate only on the benefits of Christianity, the good things that we have as Christians, and don't want to talk about the things that we that we need to be doing in the world. The adversary is still out there, and he's obviously, he knows his time is short. His forces seem to be more active than they were before. At the same token, doesn't mean that our victory in any way has receded. The victory is still the same as what the Scripture gives us. It's about us deciding we're going to live in the personal victory that Jesus won for us on the cross when he rose from the grave. That sealed Satan's fate. And so understand we don't want to concentrate on, on necessarily the evil one, but we want to concentrate on the Lord and on the things that he wants us to do. With that said... No military general would ever send his troops into battle without a full knowledge of the enemy and about his tactics and his weapons and how he may counterattack. And so it's important for us to have at least a plan for spiritual warfare. And I think that that really the first thing is in our closeness with in our walk with the Lord. I think you will uh, 
echo my thoughts relative to spiritual warfare. I was listening to Michael Youssef recently, and he said the average Christian, over 90% of people in church today have no idea about spiritual warfare, Satan actually doing anything, demons working, etc. What is then again, in your mind, spiritual warfare, and how do we prepare? You said we should be prepared. How do we prepare? Well, I think first and foremost is coming to grips with the idea that you're in a war and you're going to be in a war really every moment you're alive. The rest of your life, you will be in a war. That doesn't mean that you go out looking for demons. That's not about demon chasing. It's just the realization that Satan is looking for how he can trip you up. He's already got the world exactly where he wants them, and you and I understand that, and a lot of the listeners do too. But he wants to stop us from being effective. If he can stop the church from being effective and doing what God is calling us to do individually and collectively, then uh, he's really he's really taken part of that victory away from us. So first and foremost is just coming to the realization that there is a war and we have a part to play in it. And I think that's important because uh, most people don't know that we are in a war. I've been talking recently. I have a daily radio program called Hello World. It's news and information about everything going on in the world today. It goes Monday through Friday, and it's just amazing to me some of the things that are happening in the church, how we're accepting numbers of things. And I I don't know. I'm, I, I'm sure you're well aware of it, but I'm just shocked by what's happening and how confused the Christian public must be by all of this. That's very well put. You're exactly right. It's a pretty amazing thing what's happened in evangelicalism. When you go back and and look at history, we've had now this is the third major falling of the church. You go back to the German Enlightenment and then into about 1890 to 1910. We see it again, and now we're seeing it again. The churches that once stood for for the gospel, the churches that were once not afraid to preach the truth or to take up the issues that were affecting people in their real lives every day, now we don't want to talk about any of that stuff because we're too afraid we're going to offend somebody. And in the process of it, what we end up doing is offending God in the process by not being the salt and light that we need to be. Uh, a lot of churches, they, they don't want to take up anything that might be controversial. They want people to leave, leave church on Sunday morning with a smile on their face and a happy-go-lucky heart. And it uh, doesn't always work like that. And certainly we can't just cower away from particular topics just because it might be offensive to somebody. I'm not out trying to, to offend anyone when I talk about issues inside the world of apologetics. But when you get down to it, Satan loves it when we shut our mouths on things that we know that we understand we should be speaking up about. Fantastic. Just joined us, ladies and gentlemen. We have Eric Barger, author of Disarming the Powers of Darkness, Fearless Conquers in Spiritual Warfare Today. His book available at Southwest Radio Church at swrc.com, or you can call 1-800-652-1144. I'm fascinated by his thoughts and comments already on the program today, and we're coming down to the last few minutes. So back to this thing of the church today, pastors, how many Christian leaders, and we know so many of them are even denying the concept of hell itself. How do you go about in your ministry convincing Christians that there's even a spiritual war going on? This is this is really a battle for the Word of God is what it comes down to. Is the Bible true? And if it is, why aren't we following what it says? Why do we think that particular passages don't somehow relate to us today? Uh, of course, they all do. The Scripture is, is true through and through. And I think there needs to be a resistance on the behalf of Christians 
to give in to the idea that we don't have anything to worry about when it comes to spiritual warfare. Now, this doesn't have anything to do with, with being demon-possessed. It has nothing to do with our, our salvation, but it has to do with the way we conceive what is going on around us in the culture. Satan loves it when people will just kind of turn a blind eye to what he would want to do, and he doesn't have to do a whole lot in some venues in the world today because he's already got the world exactly where he wants them, and they follow along what he wants. They follow their, their own lust and their, their own human heart the way that he wants them to in so many ways. But I think just getting in the realization and understanding that, that when we talk about spiritual warfare, it's not some radical thing. This is normal Christianity, especially when we talk about living in the end of the end times. I think that's uh, an excellent thought, and and so many people do think that. I've been told before not to speak about Satan or demons if I came to a church, and I was just so surprised by that. And I guess it's the fact that I think Satan should be fearing Christians, not the other way around. When you go into a church, how do you start? Do you do pretty much the same program wherever you go? Oh, I've got a lot of messages that deal with these things, and I try to take topics that are apropos in, in the day we live in. For example, today, what we say is normal Christianity is now called radical. What, what normal Christianity was 30 or 40 years ago is now called absolutely radical today. So I try to point out that even though the new message about being an extremist, a lot of people call us those things, but actually we're just what normal Christianity is all about. But the pendulum has swung so far to the left that people don't realize what is happening. And a lot of people, they don't want anything to shake them up. And I'm talking about church people as much as the world. A lot of church people just want to hear nice sermons that don't affect them, that maybe inspire them in some way, but certainly don't challenge them to be salt and light in the world. And that's what we're called to do. So we, we just have to present that kind of message. And I'm sure you understand that. Absolutely do. Do you think we're going to recover? you think there's going to be a chance for revival in America, or are we seeing the soon coming of Jesus? I'd like to think that a revival is coming, and, I'd, and of course, revival is personal. When people get saved, suddenly there's a revival in their lives. And so you, you want to think that revival is coming, but I think all the signs around us, including the one we're talking about today, which is ignorance about things like spiritual warfare and Satan and what is going on around us, I think these are all signs that Jesus is coming soon. I welcome that and just believe that between now and then, we have to stand with the Word of God and just continue doing what we know that we should do. Fantastic. Eric Barger has been our guest on Watchmen on the Wall, Disarming the Powers of Darkness is his book. A lot of great stuff in the uh, 150 pages here, my friend. You can get it at Southwest Radio Church, swrc.com or 1-800-652-1144, Disarming the Powers of Darkness, swrc.com. This has been so very interesting, and we're going to do this again tomorrow, Eric. I trust that you're ready, my friend. Sounds good. I'm Greg Patton. Join us again tomorrow for Watchmen on the Wall right here on Southwest Radio Church Ministries. Looking forward to part two with Eric Barger. We have much more from Eric Barger coming up on tomorrow's program. Make sure you order Eric Barger's book, Disarming the Powers of Darkness. 
Disarming the Powers of Darkness answers critical battleground questions, like how can we tell what is of Satan and what is of our flesh? How do we deal with spirits of fear and uncertainty? Where exactly does spiritual warfare take place? Does Satan know my thoughts and hear my prayers? And how can we be victorious in a culture that is increasingly dark? Call today and order your copy of Disarming the Powers of Darkness, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Dr. Larry Spargermino comes now to share the latest on our ministry outreach to the children of Pakistan. I'm on the phone with our dear friend and brother in Christ, Pastor Victor Samuel. Pastor Victor, so nice to visit with you. Hello, Brother Larry. How are you? I am happy to be with you. Well, we are excited to get an update from you, and I want to hear about the incidents of the poor people in the brick kilns eating poison, wheat pellets. They are so impoverished, they have nothing to eat. That is so sad. It was really sad to find out by the officials I want to tell you all that in previous years, about 37 uh, suicide cases were reported. And in just last year, another 24 suicide cases were reported. It was horrible to find out that in just one month, the five people eat the poison wheat pellets due to the poverty. I was really shocked because some of those people I knew from years They were hungry and they were forced to work and eat. They were hungry and because of poverty. I must tell you that a majority of these bricklins are located because of in rural areas. The workers live in desperate conditions. Yes. And the water they use to mix the soil gives them skin diseases and the black smoke yes. during the brick-making process causes asthma and other diseases and increases of the risk of getting skin issues. Yes. So I must tell you that, that these dear people have been forced to work in all these conditions. They are not even getting the good pay yes, so they can eat good food or all. So right. I believe that this caused them to kill themselves. So this is really definitely very sad. Well, so wonderful that we have the school there and we are taking boys and girls from the brick kilns and helping them to learn, helping them to learn about Jesus and uh, preparing them for the future. Praise the Lord. So the school is growing quickly. You have two campuses, one in Tobatexing and the other in Kamalia. Now tell us about the extra washroom. The education department is mandating Tell us about the boundary wall and expanding the facilities on the new land that we've been able to purchase. And, of course, the way the school is growing, you you do need these new facilities. We've received some funds to be able to build a washroom, accepted it for the girls because uh, the, the government officials from education department have been asking us and was pushing us to do this because it's, it's important. So I'm grateful to you all for your support. As you all know, that how much important the education is for the Bricklands children. Yes. Because the future at Bricklands is just in front of you, and you all are aware. We have been telling you all about the situations here. So we have purchased the land for the new of rooms and for the boundary wall. 
so that we can have more kids in. Right. So we just had the parents teachers meeting and we had so many parents from a Brickland family. They were asking us and requesting us and begging us actually. I would say that I would use this word the begging that they want their children to be in the school. Yes. So they won't have the bad future like they are facing. Right. So they were requesting us. So I request you all to please, if it's possible, do something so that we can build the rooms and boundary walls in the land that we, which we have already purchased by your sport. So we have the land. We just need to build the rooms and the boundary wall on that land. So we can have more admissions. Yes, and of course, Grace Charity School, uh, there's no tuition. We raised the funds for the tuition. If we didn't pay the tuition, they wouldn't be able to go. They would be locked in with their parents with desperation. Some of the parents are committing suicide. So friends, investing in young people and providing them with a good Christian education is an investment for eternity. Many of these young people know the Lord. Others have heard God's word. The Holy Spirit is working in their hearts. It would be wonderful if you could help us in any way. I know that funds are tight for people in America and Pakistan and around the world, but the Lord is gracious and the Lord is good. His work is a high priority item. And, uh, you know, Victor, I'm sure many of the parents see their kids going to, uh, to Grace Charity School. They're really excited to know that their boys and girls are learning computers, learning science, learning health and hygiene. They've got good uniforms. They're being fed. Wow, you're doing a wonderful work. Yeah, well, I just want to tell you the good news in all these sad news is that the good news is just that uh, you have seen the children, the boys and girls uh, have grown in the Grace Charity School and they have learned and now they are very intelligent boys and girls yes. and they are now teenage boys and girls and are ready to enter into the colleges and they have made us proud and their parents. And this is all because of your efforts, Pastor Larry, and all the supporters you helped and your generosity for these children. And we appreciate and we have no words to express the feelings that we, how much we are grateful to you. And this is just because of your help. And now we have another campus in Kamalia where we have near 200 children as well. So mm. altogether we are serving 600 something children. So more than 600 children we are serving right now. And when we will have more rooms, we will be able to get more children in. Amen. So Amen. I request you once again to please help us to build the rooms and boundary walls. Well, friends, would you help partner with us? Grace Charity School is tuition-free. These are students from the brick kilns. The poverty is extreme. Some are actually committing suicide. They are in desperate straits, but wow, we get their, these kids and they go to school, they get a good Christian education. This is so wonderful. If you have any more questions about our work in Pakistan, give me a call at 1-800-652-1144. Pastor Victor, God bless you for your work and how the Holy Spirit is doing miracles in Pakistan, and you are a great man of God. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much once again for letting me tell you all about the situation here. Disarming the Powers of Darkness is providing every believer a battle plan for spiritual victory. Eric Barger draws on many decades of personal experience and research. With emphatic reliance on the Word of God, you'll be challenged, enlightened, and strengthened to take up the armor of God and fight the good fight, 
disarming the powers of darkness day by day. Order your copy when you call 1-800-652-1144 or visit our website, swrc.com, and pick up your copy of Disarming the Powers of Darkness. Tomorrow, Eric Barger will share more insight into how you and I can be victorious against Satan. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and has been supported for over 90 years by faithful listeners like you. Visit our website, swrc.com.